Episode 54 for December 2008. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're putting more money back into your wallet during this tough economy. They have discounts that can't be beat. The discounts are 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics. An example this month is Ultimate Spider-Man number 131. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.49. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. All right, welcome back to our second show of December, where we uh, tackle our message board questions. Uh, Spidey Dude had to go. He's got to go to a football game. So we got the regular gang of JR, Kevin, and Spider Girl to answer your questions along with me. So we're going to tackle the board questions with Crazy Chris. And he asks, by the way, who is that in his avatar? Who is that person? Is it from Dracula? Oh, no, that's no, from... I think- uh- Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode called Hush, the uh, silent episode that was the villain. Okay. Well, Crazy Chris says, I'd like each of you to invent at least one wacky best of and or worst of category for Spider-Man in 2008 and award it. For example, I'd give the terrible fashion choice that set off the chain of events that led to Wearer's Death Award to Jackpot's Fingerless Gloves, which allowed Spider-Man to fingerprint her. (laughs) So... There's Crazy Chris's award. Who's got an award to give out? I've got one. Okay, hit the, it. Uh, the worst modification of a classically bad haircut <laughs> goes to uh, Norman Osborn in New Way to Die, mm-hmm. where uh, there was there was one issue where he didn't have any hair on the side of his head, yeah. so he just had those classic cornrows on the top of his head. <laughs> Looked like uh, that was uh, that was bad. That was really bad. Looked okay. like a, looked like a murder with Lex Luthor or something. So uh, that's that's mine. It's like he had a receding hairline on the side. <laughs> um, Kevin, you got an award, I think. Yeah, I would give the uh, worst job of knowing where to put a backup story to the, <laughs> to the bookie story this year that went in the middle. There you go. And Stella, you got an award for Crazy Chris. Um, probably the worst. Decision. Wait, I don't even know how I'm gonna word this. Um, the worst life choice ever to not have a filter in your mask when you're vomiting. Is that like a good <laughs> from that one issue? What am I gonna yeah. say? No, we're all making this up as we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stella, that's horrible. Uh, let's see, uh, mine would be the worst uh, Snow Spider-Man story to Zeb Wells for <laughs> Craptacular Spider-Man. God, I still hate that book. Okay, uh, Funny K with the Dirty Harry avatar. Very nice. He's from Scotland. He goes, hey, gang, Merry Christmas. My questions this month are, other than Peter, who do you think is the unluckiest character in the Spider-Verse? That would mm. be Flash Thompson for losing his legs. There you- <laughs> yeah, well, there's I- that. I was going to say Aunt May for her constant heart attacks, bad health, senility. <laughs> and uh, watching Uncle Ben getting shot in front of her, I'd say that uh, she's a uh, she's had a lot of bad luck. Mine goes to Uncle Ben for appearing in one story <laughs> <laughs> and getting shot. <laughs> All right, Stella, anybody unlucky in the Spider Universe? I would say Jackpot for getting the fuzzy end of the stick and a terrible reveal. Wow. 
Uh, his funny case of the question is, what do you think about the speculation that Todd McFarlane could be returning for issue 600? Now, I've got a question about that. Where did this come from? I have never seen a source. I've seen our message board talking about it, but I don't know where this is coming from. I think it really is just speculation by our yeah. message board, because there's... Yeah. There are several artists on number 600, and people are saying, oh, what if Todd McFarlane came back? I don't think it's any more than that. Right. That would be cool. I mean, what uh, issue 500 had John Romita Sr. come back, and it had John Romita Jr. in it. And I think there was an issue of Daredevil where they had a whole bunch of different art styles. John Romita Sr. also was in that. Wally Wood? Or is he dead? I don't know. Anyway, do you remember what issue that was, Morb? No. Was it? It was a recent Daredevil. It was wait, wait, what was it? What was it again? Uh, it was Daredevil through the years, and it was in the regular book, and it was double sized. Oh, it, it was Daredevil number one hundred. Oh yeah, well there, yeah, there you go. It had a whole well, bunch of volume two number one hundred. Yeah. So I'm thinking they're wanting to do something similar. Who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it's been done several times. I think uh, Uncanny X Men number four hundred did the same thing. Yeah. Well, I, I'm all about Todd McFarlane coming back. He's one of my favorite artists. I know. I think we differ on this. The yeah, I don't really like his. Uh, I don't like his Spider-Man style. I'm not going to say I don't like him as an artist, but I don't like his Spider-Man style. And Jr., are you a fan? No, I don't care. No. I don't care if he comes back or not. Spider Girl, are you a McFarlane fan? Do you like his stuff? Um, was he the one that didn't he draw Venom? Wasn't he one of the first right. people? To- yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I appreciate that, I think. I know Kevin doesn't really like his Venom drawing, but but other than no, that, I, I don't think I actually like his Venom. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I really don't like about his uh, art for Spider-Man is, like, the gigantic freaking eyes on Spider-Man, especially, and uh, the noses on people. Go back to those issues, look at Peter Parker and Mary Jane and the huge honkers they have. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, honkers? Wow. Honkers, yeah. I just love the word honkers. All right. Hey, great honkers. I wasn't really thinking of, I wasn't really thinking of noses when I heard the term yeah. honkers. But anyway. yeah. When he said it, I never even got up to the nose. I stopped him. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Funny Cave's third question. As I had a letter printed in Amazing Spider-Man 576. Congratulations, sir. He had, he's under the name Jonathan Smith. Have any of you had a letter to a comic printed? Uh, I know Spidey Dude has. He's been in Spider Girl a few times. Yeah. Uh, I personally, the only close to being printed in a Marvel comic book was Amazing Spider Girl number eight. The uh, Tom DeFalco plugged the podcast. He said, if you've, um, uh, enjoy our stuff, uh, the Spider Man Crawl Space interviewed, uh, me and Ron Friends. So that was kind of an honor to be plugged in a Marvel comic, but I haven't really, written a letter to Marvel Comics, nor had one printed. Have you, uh, Kevin, have you or Spider-Girl? I've only ever actually written to a comic letters page twice, and neither time it was printed. Um, right. For Young Avengers number one, I wrote in just because I was so damn surprised and impressed. I just, you know, had to say, hot damn, this is awesome. And uh, when a couple of months ago, maybe two months ago, when uh, Steve Wacker put in the letters page, for Amazing Spider-Man, you know, we welcome your complaints and mm. criticisms, so write in with all that, and I, I wrote in, and I don't think any of those were ever printed. Now, this is a handwritten letter, right? This is an email, right? No, it's an email. Oh, an email, okay. They pretty much, I think you, as far as I know, you can still send in hand-printed letters, but I think 95% of them these days are emails. They, yeah. they give you an email address on the letters page to write to. It's 
SpideyOffice at Marvel.com. Yep. Spider Girl, anything published? No. Nope. JR, in all your years, have you written it to the uh, letters page? Not a one. Yeah. Never. I have. I haven't either. I just haven't done it. Uh, the, as last question from Funny K this year, what has been the best comic you've read at Marvel, and why? Well, you know that Zeb Wells Snow Arc. Oh wait, that <laughs> best. Best. My bad. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Does he mean issue or like comic series? What? I guess best comic you have read at Marvel and why? I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, we'll take it either way. What, what's your best issue and what's your best comic? I guess it could be two answers. I guess uh, best issue. Um, I would probably go with the Flash Thompson issue. Uh, I think that was. I don't know. It was a very emotional ride. I very much enjoyed it. Um, and I think comic-wise, if I were to take it as a collective whole, I would say Captain America. I okay. started it this summer, and uh, that has not uh, disappointed me at all. It's it's an awesome ride to be on, so I think I would go with that. Yeah. Uh, JR, what do you think? Uh, my favorite comic issue from Marvel this year was the uh, Thunderbolts issue uh, where uh, – Norman started to kind of wig out again, and he went on this just long monologue, uh, which just, just showed what a nutcase he was. Uh, <laughs> and he was, you know, how he wanted to be president of the United States, and, you know, how, he, which he almost is now, uh, and, you know, and how just utterly incompetent everybody else was. And, and then something like, get the girl pregnant, then throw her off a bridge. And it was just, <laughs> just these lunatic ratings of a madman. And then he got, he got in the Green Goblin costume and started creating all kinds of havoc. That was, that was, that was my favorite. Favorite, uh, my favorite comics of the year. Yeah, uh, Kevin, what do you think? Sitting here trying to think, um, but unfortunately, the best I can come up with is replicating Spider Girls exactly. Because <laughs> Amazing Five Seventy Four, I think it was with Flash Thompson. That was that was an incredible freaking issue. I mean, that was a great single issue on all levels. And like I said when we reviewed it, it went into my top twenty Spider-Man issues of all time immediately. Um, but the thing is, I've switched to trades on really everything except Amazing, so I'm trying to remember what my list used to be of stuff that I read monthly, because I haven't really gotten many of those trades yet, because I have to wait at least, what, eight months since I switched? But yeah. uh, Captain America may be it. I mean, Daredevil had a huge improvement this year, because um, I thought Brubaker's run had been kind of boring since his first arc, but um, with Mr. Fear and the cruel and unusual arc that Greg Rucka co-wrote, those were great. Um Criminal's been very good. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski's The Twelve has been awesome. So, I don't know, I'm having a hard time coming up with it. I don't think anything has really knocked my socks off as a series this year, though. Yeah. I'd have to go with uh, Iron Fist as a quality book. I've, I've not been disappointed by that. Brubaker's on that. I even like the uh, the uh, the new team. I can't think of the art- the writer's name, but uh, when he took over from Brubaker. It's Dwayne Swierzynski. Yeah, he writes Cable, too, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's going to be yeah. writing the uh, Dead of Night Werewolf by Night miniseries. C- Cable's been solid, also. Uh, I, I really like that stuff. The uh, the Namor in the Depths miniseries has been kicking ass. Uh, unlike Secret Invasion, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I guess the best Spider-Man arc or issue would be the um, New Ways to Die. I, I enjoyed that. I, I love John Romita Jr. I, I still. Remember that scene of uh, Norman sitting in his apartment, Peter Parker's apartment, with all the Thunderbolts 
still kicks ass. I, I thought that was solid. So that's my favorite out of Marvel. We disagree, uh, sir. I know. What? <laughs> what else? What else is new? No, <laughs> Spider-Girl, you like Iron Fist? Is that what I heard? Yeah, I that's enjoy Iron Fist. Great book, great book. And you have a crush on him, too. So I do. He's a very attractive man. Hey, look at this segue. <laughs> Steve Rogers has a crush on you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's our next uh, question. Uh, he says, got a few for Spider-Girl. I'm shocked. I don't think he's ever asked anybody else anything. Uh, <laughs> considering you are in your early 20s, does it offend you when you read older books, especially going back to the Silver Age and seeing how the female characters were portrayed back then, or is it just one of those things that happened back then to you as you've grown up and read comics in a more enlightened time? Um, yeah, I don't think I've really been insulted. I think it's just I go back and really I look at those issues as, well, this is what it was like then. So it's more, it is more enlightening and understanding uh, what the position of women were at that time and, you know, back in the 50s and everything. So it's kind of like when you're watching an older movie, seeing how um, different race um, relations are portrayed or whatever. It's just, you know, it's historical. It's nice to understand what was going on at that point. And, J.R., um, back in the day, have you read the first, like, 20 issues of Fantastic Four? No. Oh, you haven't? Well, anyway. No. Sue is always the damsel in distress. I mean, it's just really pathetic how they portray her. It's really kind of funny. But that was 61. We're, we're going back so many years that, um, as Spider-Girl said, it was a different time. So um, this other one's for Spider-Girl. On a far less serious note, how often do you get your secret ID said back at you the way it is in a <laughs> famous... I think I said Stella, well, now two. I'm up to two. <laughs> um, well, he's talking about uh, Streetcar Named Desire, which is based off of a play by Tennessee Williams. And it happens right after uh, Marlon Brando's character rapes um, Stella's sister, Blanche. And he's underneath the window in the rain, and he screams, Stella. And that happens, it happens a lot. It's happened since I was younger. It happens, teachers, professors sometimes do it. Um, it's much better. I appreciate that more than, did you get your groove back? Because I've never seen that movie, and that's not really me. So, I didn't even um, think of that one. Yeah. We got so, one. Oh, gosh, great. But, no, I, like, I would prefer the other one. You know, I've gotten used to it, and I like Tennessee Williams. So go with the screaming Stella, not the, did I get my groove back business. I often get asked if I'm Brad Pitt. Uh, oh, anyway, your third question um did Twilight live up to your expectations? Unfortunately, no, it didn't. But, oh. I mean, well, book adaptations, it's very hard to keep with that. I mean, who can say that people liked Gone with the Wind, the movie, better than the book? So, of course, how many people have read Gone with the Wind, I ask myself. Um, <laughs> but I saw it at the midnight showing, and it was actually my birthday. Like, it was midnight, and then my birthday happened. Um, but I need to – I'm actually going to see it again tonight because – when I was in that showing, there was screaming everywhere multiple times, and I couldn't really take that. So I need to see it in a different environment, and maybe it'll it'll live up more up to my expectations. But right now, you know, the book is it was fantastic. I very much enjoyed it. But you know, it's, the movies. It's really funny how an audience impacts your enjoyment. For yeah. Instance, well, I'd love I to just go ahead and guess. It was every time the main character comes on screen, all the little girls. Go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty I mean, much. Because I was, I was told by a gay friend of mine that you literally cannot like Twilight unless you like men. 
Wow. I don't <laughs> know. I wish, I wish Spidey Dude could defend himself, but, uh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <Wow. laughs> Take a shot. Um, but it, going back to that, it's interesting how an audience, uh, impacts your viewing. Like, I will always associate Spider-Man 3 with Damn Spider-Man Smacked a Bitch. <laughs> and I will, I will associate the Punisher War Zone with uh, when my wife and I were uh, in the middle row and there was uh, three people that sat in front of us. And before the main title rolled, they got up and left and they never came back. We're talking the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> and I kid you not. And so after those three people left, there were two teenage boys behind us and that was the whole theater. And they they dug it a lot more than my wife and I did. But it's just funny to associate movies with who you see it with. So, Steve Rogers, final question is, uh, since BD and the rest of the gang here ahem, relived the glories of Christmases long ago, time for you to tell your tale of comic-related or non-comics as well, gifts through the years. Oh, gosh, there have been so many. Um, I mean, I get, you know, the ornaments. Um when I was younger, I got, you know, the PlayStation games or figures or whatnot. Um, now, you know, I get books because I have an absurdly large reading list that I want to get through before I die. Um, I think one of them that I really enjoy, well, I have the Marvel Encyclopedia, but I actually got a Marvel trivia game. But it's so depressing because I have no one to play it with. So. I have that game. I'll play with you. But I... I have the same problem. Is it Marvel Seen It? Is that what it is? Um, no, not it's like a comic um game, like where there's a board and there are all these cards and there are different questions, like in 1969, who made their first appearance or something like that. Okay. So it's like a trivia game. It's not, yeah, it's not Marvel Seen It, but I just don't know who to play with. I'm kind of depressed. All right. Comic book convention. When we all meet together, bring the game. Yeah, we'll play I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay will spoil it all. Well, I'm sure Steve are. Rogers will play with you. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee he will. Uh, JR, you got any fond Christmas memories of comics? Oh. <laughs> Boy, not really. <laughs> not really. I hate to be a disappointment. I think, uh, I'm trying to think of my best Spider Man Christmas gift related memory. I know we had this discussion on a podcast probably a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I remember getting that, a neat little Spider Man statue. Uh, that was based on John Romita Sr. design. I think that was probably my best Spider-Man related gift. Yeah. So. I have a fond memory of, uh, you, Kevin and Stella probably two, well, three times. Uh, Spider-Girl are, uh, too young to remember this, but remember the, uh, the Sears catalog? Anyone remember those? I remember that. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, they, they, they had, uh, circa 1987, and I've talked to this with, uh, Michael Bailey, my friend, and he's, um, uh, from Views from the Long Box, and he also got this as a Christmas present. And the back of the Sears catalog was a uh, comic book box. This is an intro to comic book collecting, and that I got this as a gift. And on the box, it's just an average square box. It doesn't even look like a long box. It had uh, pictures of Spider-Man, Wolverine, Hulk. And inside were some random 20 comics with uh, 20 bags and 20 boards. And it, it was your intro to comic book collecting. And... Um, Michael Bailey did did a podcast and he posted some some listener posted an image of what this box actually looked like and and it was just fun to to uh, go back in the day but uh that that was a fun gift and also um one of my best christmas gifts i ever got 
was recently my wife gave me a hundred dollar gift certificates to the movie theater, which was as a date night, and it's also I can take her to crappy movies like The Punisher Warzone. <laughs> but that's a good gift to give somebody uh, a gift certificate to the movie theaters. So, Kevin, any comic book related Christmas gifts that you've gotten in years past? You know, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I got. An insane amount of Spider-Man figures and Batman figures and stuff, especially the Spider-Man from the 90s cartoons. And I remember my mom um, used to like to take them out of the boxes before she gave them to me, and she would set up a little scene, you know, with stuff. Mm. It was always kind of fun to see. (laughs) I remember when I was little, I got the Batcave. Yeah. Little Batcave set with a bunch of those little Batman figures, and and all the Batman figures were sitting on the... Batcave and everything was pretty cool. Question, do you have the 90s Morbius figure from the animated series? Yes, I have both of them. Okay. Because of my there local... One from, there was one that uh, like was in the black trench coat and switched faces. Uh, yeah. for a, he had the human face and the vampire face. And then there was one that was that gigantic bat version of him. Yeah, okay. Do you I... remember a movie that the little bat figure that came with the one Morbius figure uh, was in. Mm. I don't know. Blade One. Oh, really? When really? Uh, there was, they showed a party on a roof that Deacon Frost was throwing. Um, mm-hmm. When a security guard that was working for him came to tell him he that you know Blade screwed his stuff up, he killed the security guard, and they're all this little party on the roof. They uh, passed. Not only did you see Mortal Kombat the movie playing on the screen, but they passed by and focused on this little plastic bat. That came hmm. with a '90s cartoon Morbius figure. That's funny. The reason I ask is because at my local comic shop they have that first figure that you're describing for sale, and I always think about buying you that. But uh, wondered if you had it. But uh, that's <laughs> well, funny. I appreciate the thought, <laughs> All right, thank you, Steve Rogers, and uh, no, Spider Girl will not go out with you. Uh, oh. Spidey Sight <laughs> S UK. Uh, again, in the middle of Final Crisis? Question mark. But what is Final Crisis? That's his location. Uh, Avatar. Toby McGuire doing his hustler dance. There you go. Merry Christmas to everyone at the crawl space and a happy new year. My advice to Spider Girl, dodge the mistletoe. And, my- <laughs> and here's to George Berriman having a Merry Christmas with Rudolph. <laughs> okay. Here's the questions. With the success of Dark Knight, how about Spider Man? Let me do that again. With the success of Dark Knight, how about for Spider Man 4 and 5? being in the gang war storyline involving the Kingpin and the Hobgoblin. Hmm. I think uh, uh, Kingpin's tied up with uh, 20th Century Fox. So maybe you could do what Spectacular Spider-Man does and do... um, Oh, what's his name? Um, Anyone? The, the, The Kingpin substitute in Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, oh uh, the, the big man slash tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. tombstone yes. So you could do it with tombstone, and I, I, I'm all about. It. I, I I think uh, you got to do Sinister Six. I mean, you just got to bring all those guys in. I don't know, but uh, it's a possibility. Spidey Sight UK. Feel free to write to Sony Pictures with your script. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, second question: What has been the best Spidey issue in the last ten years? Well, it's not the snow snow one by Zeb Wells. I'll tell you right. <laughs> it was uh, that's actually very easy. What's that? That was uh, Matt Fraction's Sensational Spider-Man Annual last that year. Was well, 2006, I believe. Yeah, that was that good. is that is the best Spider-Man issue I've read in a long time, maybe ever. It was perfect. 
Jerry, you got one of your faves in the last ten? Probably my favorite of the last ten. Uh, there's probably a couple. Um, and, uh, of course, the Goblin-centric. But uh, the first one would be Paul Jenkins' Death in the Family from uh, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, no, 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 from Parker's Spider-Man. Um, uh, 40-something. It was around the same time the first Spider-Man movie came out back in 2002. Uh, it was a four-parter I thought was pretty good. Uh, it was, uh, thought was one of the best goblin stories ever told. Uh, I'm also, also partial to, uh, Mark Miller's, um, first 12 issues of, um, Marvel Knight Spider-Man, uh, oh, yeah. which has basically the, brings in all the ones and, uh, you know, and, uh, brings, lines them up as a sinister 12 there at the end. And, uh, I don't know, it has all, you know, has all kinds of stuff in it. So, uh, those are my favorite say. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Girl, any favorite in the last 10? Um, I would actually wholeheartedly agree with Kevin. That was, I was going to say that before he did. That was. That's <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's fine. Let's make it a trifecta. I'm agreeing with Kevin. Shock, shock Everybody, it. take yes. two shots. <laughs> I'm shocked. I, and I agree with JR, too, that uh, Mark Miller, uh, six issues or whatever in uh, uh, Adjective Spider-Man. I forget what the adjective was, but. Uh, Marvel Knights. There you <laughs> Fill in the blank. There it is. Yeah, I, I, both of those are two of my favorites. Uh, next one, Morbius. You get a question of your own. Look at this. In your universe, Spider-Man is still unmasked. Why did you choose Spidey to stay unmasked? We're talking Spider-Man Crawl Space webcomic. Well, that's, uh, I appreciate the question. I appreciate you reading. Uh, that's actually incorrect. Um, well, actually, it might not be, depending on how you're defining it, because I've, I reversed the actual public unmasking because I think that uh, it basically shoehorns Spider-Man into one story. He's he's a refugee on the run, uh, not a refugee, a fugitive on the run the whole time, and there's there isn't another story you can tell with him. That's all you can do. So I reversed the public unmasking, but I guess in a way he is still unmasked because everybody that knew him knew who he was before the unmasking still knows. So. You know, the other heroes that knew who he was still know now, and everybody like Mary Jane knows who he is. Um, and I think it's utter folly to try to make it so he is the only person that knows who he is. He doesn't have anybody to confide in. You know, nobody is coming after him from both sides. It's not even something that Stan kept up. And we're trying to be Stan Lee right now, and it was, what, 30 issues before Norman Osborn knew who he was? Yeah. It's 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 not a feasible, workable idea. Even something a reboot like Ultimate Spider-Man, everybody in their freaking dog knows who Spider-Man is and Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man. <Marvel>? Um. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you can tell a lot more fuller stories. And also, there's it. I'm not a fan of wiping away continuity. Comic books are my favorite fictional medium in the world because of the continuity. You have characters that you've seen progress every month for 40 to 60 years, and what other medium can boast that? So to wipe it all away and say, well, they don't they don't remember all these stories from 10, 20, 30 years, that's, that, that's a total waste to me. I want everybody to have their character history intact, and I want to go forward from there. It's just better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> finally to everyone, if you could, uh, have a dream Spider-Man present, what would it be and why? Would it be like one issue or would you have Spider-Man's powers <laughs> for the day? Would you like to be the editor, chief of Marvel? 
<sighs> Let's see. I, I think I know Kevin's answer. You want to be writing Amazing Spider-Man. That'd be nice. I could yeah. deal with it. You know. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to be Spider-Man for a day. Climb walls, look in windows, swing around. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd be a Beeping pervert, dog. it sounds like, I guess. I'll, I'll be peeping Peter Parker, yeah. Try saying that. <laughs> no, that'd be fun. I wouldn't like to deal with uh, the devil and getting my memory wiped, but uh, I think it'd be fun to swing around the town. That'd be fun. One issue would be fun with uh, Stanley and Steve Ditko doing it one more time. Writing the end, the last Spider-Man story would be great. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, Jr., any any Spider presence you want? Hmm. Well, let's see. I don't know. I guess I could do with a Green Goblin costume, a glider, and some pumpkin bombs, so I could fly <laughs> around and Look at that. fly I'll, around and blow I'll, things up. I will fight you, sir. I will fight you to the death. <laughs> <laughs> and I will write it. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. I could just see Jr. on a glider. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> Spider Girl, anything you'd like? Um, a spider kiss under the mistletoe. How about that? There you go. And upside down. Um, horizontal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I am seriously. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, you know a present I would like would be to know who the hell is dancing in your signature picture. Uh, if I don't know if you guys are on the message board right now, but there's some bald guy with a leather coat doing a churning of the butter and then points his fingers to the left, to the right, and in the air. <laughs> I don't know. Spidey Sight, if you can, please PM me or write in the thread who the hell that is. It looks, like, says- the boun- it looks like the bouncer from... Uh, oh, Kane, he says, I present Kane. I didn't even notice that. But who Kane, is, who? Who is Kane? I think there's a wrestler named Kane, but can this really be him? Well, I'm thinking it looks like the bouncer from Jerry Springer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thank you, Spidey Sight UK. Uh, Donald Mark, again, he's still located in Arkham Asylum. Sorry, buddy. Uh, ooh, individual questions. I love these. Hey, guys, each of you get ready for your Xmas questions. For Brad, which has been your favorite romantic scene or moment in the Spidey comics? That's an interesting one for you. Um, I like the fraction issue up on the very top of that building with Mary and Jane and Peter Parker. I think the best Jane one... And Jane and Peter Parker? All three of them? The what? The... <laughs> you said Mary and Jane and Peter Parker? <laughs> yeah, I love the threesome scene. Yeah, um... <laughs> I, I guess the most iconic, it's not comic related, but the most iconic romantic scene is the upside down kiss. I mean, you can't top that one. Everybody knows that, that scene. Uh, when you say Spider-Man, the upside down kiss from the first movie is always mentioned. I guess that's my favorite because it's unique. It's hilarious that, uh, Toby McGuire says that was like the least romantic thing ever because he's hanging upside down. He's got rain going up his nose and it's yeah, <laughs> look great on film though. Yeah, it did. It uh, did. This one's for Spider Girl. Which Spidey fight has been your all-time favorite shown in the comics? I always go for when Spidey is fighting the Sinister Six. Sinister Six. I just think it's it's always eye candy, no matter who does it. Hopefully, never bought Bacello, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I just always enjoy you know whoever the incarnation of the Sinister Six is and Spidey going at it with him. So that's my answer. JR, you have your own question. Uh, with you being the goblin guy and all, have you ever preferred Norman Osborn not to die at all in Amazing Spider-Man 122? 
No, because I think that the time that the writers, they really didn't know what to do with him other than being back every two or three years and having fight Spider-Man and then lose his memory again. Uh, I think that um, that storyline had played itself out. And they didn't know where to go with it. So that's, I think, one reason they killed him off along with Gwen Stacy because they didn't know where to go with her either except marriage. Uh, it also created the uh, the whole Osborne legacy thing of Norman's memory haunting uh, Harry and really haunting Peter as well uh, for many years. Um, and uh, and then they finally brought him back when they had a, a reason to bring him back, which was basically to bail out the Clone Saga. So uh, no, I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was a mistake to kill Norman, uh, and neither do I think it was a mistake to bring him back. So I think sure. both uh, both instances came at the right time and served their respective purposes. Uh, this one's to Kevin. What was your opinion of DC versus Marvel, specifically the Kyle Rayner losing the Silver Surfer? Well, I mean, it was what it was, and you got what you expected, really. If you thought it was going to be a great, in-depth, thoughtful story, then you were reading the wrong freaking comic. Uh, when the word versus is in the title, <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> it was it was a big fight scene. You know, it was it was amusing for what it was, and you can't really fault them for some really stupid endings to battles with, you know... Because they made it, they put it up to fan voting who was going to win the battles, and fans don't. It, when fans are in mass, they aren't really thinking of what makes sense. They think of what character they like better. So, yeah, you get stupid crap like Superman drops a mountain on the Hulk and thereby wins because they couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a fun little series, but nothing special. Iron Lantern, hey dudes and dudettes, it's my first time doing this, so let me get just down to it. It First question, it feels that Amazing Spider-Man has created a 616 parallel dimension time thingamagoogicky. Uh, does anyone have a feeling that the Amazing Spider-Man stories have somehow disconnected from 616 and entered their own little world of crap? Oh, oh wait, I added crap, sorry. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, we know it's not an alternate universe or anything, but I know exactly what he means. It, yeah. it feels like it's in its own little pocket to the side, and it's it's interact. You know, it's it's spilled into the Marvel universe a couple of times. I haven't read the uh, Matt Fraction's Iron Man issue with Spider Man because I'm reading that in trade. But uh, you know, a little stuff in Secret Invasion. It just I don't know. It seems like it's sucking the rest of the Marvel universe into its alternate thing and erasing even more continuity as it goes because now people don't remember who Peter Parker is. And But apparently there's an upcoming new Avengers story that uh, the solicitation says, how can the Avengers trust Spider-Man when he won't take his mask off? So oh, I'm good. kind of interested to read that. And, and he also asked about that issue that you just mentioned, Invincible Iron Man 7, uh, which had Spider-Man in it. I just thought that issue was kind of weird. Did anybody read, else read that issue? More of you said you're waiting for it. Anybody else read it? No. No. Okay. It was just, it takes the punch out. It just, uh, you know how in Civil War, Iron Man was so mean to Spider-Man, etc. And this one, he was kind of, he was so nice. I, I just, I just didn't like it. But I, I generally liked that book. I thought Invincible Iron Man 1 to 6 was very, very solid. Great artwork, great writing. This one, I think, goes to Kevin because I don't, I don't think JR reads DC and, and, uh, Stella, are you reading Final Crisis? I am. Oh, okay, well, you can answer this one, too. Uh, anyone reading Final Crisis and Secret Invasion, what do you think has the better payoff? Stella, you want to take it first? Uh, maybe you should. I haven't read any comics except ASM for three months, so maybe you should read okay. it first. Um, 
It's well, got to be Final Crisis because Secret Invasion sucks so bad. Oh, you'd be so surprised. Really? Um, Final Crisis makes Secret Invasion look like a well thought out <laughs> oratory. Seriously? Um, wow. It's it's the most nonsensical, outright stupid crap. Um, I'm enjoying Amazing Spider-Man more than Final Crisis. Um, it's Final Crisis has some great satellite books that luckily have really jack nothing to do with it, but it's Grant Morrison is just so self-indulgent. I mean, so self-indulgent. Most of the time, he doesn't even bother to let the readers in on what the hell is going on. He just like, ha ha ha, this will be dark and stupid and crazy. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> um, it's it's bad. It's it's all kinds of bad. Secret Invasion has been no prize. I mean, it's. I thought the initial idea was interesting, but good God, we could have done this in three issues and <laughs> shut down all this crap. But uh, I haven't read the payoff. I think really, ending might not be great. Secret Invasion number eight might not be great, but Dark Rain looks really interesting. Conversely, Final Crisis, dumb as all hell. So, at least Secret Invasion, if it's not a great miniseries, looks like it's going to have an interesting payoff. Final Crisis, I just wish it had never been printed. Yeah. Uh, Shadow116 from Milton, Florida, and he says, What's your opinion? Which superhero has the most consistently well-written book out there right now? Captain America and Iron Fist. (laughs) I'd say, uh, Kevin, you'll be shocked. I'll I'll go with Thor by Straczynski. I've only read the first trade, but it was very, very good. I'm digging that one. Too bad it's coming out so damn late, but uh, I think it's got good consistency to it. Great, uh, Great book. Uh, there is nowhere. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. No, I didn't realize you weren't finished with your point. Keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, Jr. What, what did Jr. think about what? <laughs> <laughs> What's the most consistently well-written book out there right now? You're, oh, you're sorry. Only reading Thunderbolts and amazing, I, I, aren't you? Yeah, I'm only reading Thunderbolts and amazing, so I really don't have a whole breadth of uh, opinions yeah. to uh, to give. So I'll pass on the question. All right, uh, let's see. We're going to plow through these in the uh, interest of time. Vinny57 from New England. Hey, guys and gal, Merry Christmas. Since Christmas can be pretty nostalgic, I was wondering what first got you into the comics and the reason you keep reading them. What is it that you love about them? I think it's Peter Parker and Spider-Man. That's why we read them and we love them. Obviously, we wouldn't be on a Spider-Man podcast. Um I think we we uh, fell in love with the character years ago, and we we like to talk about. It. We like to see what's happening with our friend each month. I mean, yeah, I would support that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, you probably already know that JMS wrote the recent film, The Changeling, starring Angelina Jolie. Dude, how well? <laughs> oh my gosh! You wrote one <laughs> little Spider-Man icon with. <laughs> Dude, I had to improvise this audio. Uh, how would you feel if you wrote one of the upcoming Spider-Man movies? I'm just wondering why no studio execs ever thought of that. Oh, I, I think it's uh, it's pretty much self-evident that he should. I don't I don't know why they haven't thought of it before. It's sure he just got his first movie made, but he we know he can be a great screenwriter. I mean, I've never seen Babylon Five, but he wrote almost every episode of that entire series, and it's a very well-regarded series. So we knew he was a screenwriter. We know he's a great Spider-Man writer, so why wouldn't you? It's like they keep trying to reboot the Superman franchise to no avail, and Richard Donner, who did the original movies, finally came out and said, why has it not been obvious to these people to just let Jeff Johns write the movie? 
because Jeff Johns has done some screenwriting and his Superman has been excellent. So it's both of them, I think, are equally obvious, and I don't know why they're not doing it. Right. Isn't and- it some? Oh, well, can I comment on that really quick? Yeah, yeah, feel free. Isn't it sometimes problematic, though, to have a writer that might be too close to the subject area? I mean, if someone who has had experience with Spider-Man, could his view be jaded of what he thinks it should be? Whereas taking someone from the outside might be going, uh, he's going to do research, but he might be looking at it from some sort of different angle, and could that possibly be better? Well, when you're talking about Spider-Man and Superman, who's really on the outside? I mean, these are these are iconic characters that everybody has their own version of. Everybody knows them from some medium, whether they just know them from the movies or cartoons or comics. So everybody has their own idea of what these characters are, and that's what's going to inform it. Comic book writers are into the whole history of the comic books. They've probably, you know, if they're that kind of a fan, they've probably seen the movies and the cartoons. I'd say they have a more complete picture of what it could be, they have a larger tapestry to draw from, and when they have to define guiding the character through the comic books, they they have, especially Jeff Johns and J. Michael Straczynski, have an intrinsic knowledge of who and what these characters are and what they should be that I think a lot of movie writers lack if you look at something like Superman Returns or X-Men 3. Yeah. And uh, he, his last comment is, and last, I just wanted to say thank you for these great, funny, spirited podcast. You guys truly are an on-air family. Going on that is just plain fun to listen to, and thanks for the great listens. So that is nice. I appreciate it. I think we are a nice little on-air web community family, so I appreciate that. And his final thought is um, he wants us to talk about how Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. I and um, Jr., would you have you seen Iron Man, Jr.? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, can you can you read that line <laughs> in, the, in, in the form of Jeff Bridges? Because I think you could do it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, God, now I hope, I hope I don't, I'm not loud enough to be heard upstairs. My family, I think I've lost my mind. <laughs> Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> Round of applause for Jr. He got into the role. Orb, would you like to deliver the line? I cannot. I cannot beat oh, that. Come, come on, uh, Spider Girl. You want to do no, it? Oh, no, no. Come on. I would not compete with that. <clears throat> Can I? Should I try? Yes, please do, Pussycat Doll. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Tony! Oh, shit! Uh, <laughs> I lost my voice. Okay, I'm going on. I'm not... <laughs> Brad, all I got Brad, was, remember. All I got was pussy. Tony shit. Yeah, I give up, Benny. My, wife, my wife is hollering at me. Probably she heard me yelling. <laughs> <laughs> JR, if you need a couch, I'm not on it tonight. <laughs> oh, crap. Lockdown. Ah, uh, from Illinois. Lockdown's the one, the, the pimp, isn't he? He's got the lady. Ladies yeah, Right, right. Blow up? No, not blow up. Well, I guess he did have a spider girl blow up. Though. All right. Anyway, lockdown. <laughs> you and yours are having a good holiday. Uh, do you find Norman Osborn's constant rising status? Oh, good. I've been wanting to talk to Jr. about this forever. Do you find Norman Osborn's constant rising status in the Marvel universe to be organic, or do you find uh. it? is just showing that a guy can steal, murder, cheat, and destroy massive property and still get promoted to sensitive areas of the government just because they're Norman freaking Osborn. What do you think? 
Jr. I you think had... I just got back. From, I, I I just got back. Uh, my wife had hollered at me. So I scared her to death. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She, she thought I was screaming at my son. Did, did, <laughs> oh, Lord. What the heck I was yelling about. So you're a true you guys got me in trouble. You so. named your son Tony uh, Stark. <laughs> oh, I so love anyway, I, I went. Out, I had to go. I had to go up there and reassure that I was uh, that it was uh, I was not yelling at any of my children, uh, or in, in general just freaking out. So this is one of my favorite moments of all podcasts. Jr. is getting yelled at. <laughs> I love it. That 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 and the time my dog was. Barking. Oh, I mean, I've, uh, I, but anyway, I, the question yeah, was the, interesting. Uh, the question was a Norman Osborne one, and I've been wanting to ask you about this for the longest time. About, I know you're not uh, reading Secret Invasion, but basically, Norman Osborn is in charge of Shield now. Yep, what, yeah, what, I, I got. What do, you, what do you think of that? Boy, I tell you, it's uh, <laughs> Norman's come a long way from his incarceration just a okay. few years ago. <laughs> I don't see how it's possible. Uh, personally, I like it. I mean, I think bad guys are always interesting, and uh, bad guys to charge are <laughs> particularly interesting because, uh, you know, uh, well, because they're bad guys. And uh, Norman's a, a very conf- conflicted person, and uh, he won't be able to, you know, he won't be able to control this uh, this vast empire he's been given because he can't control himself for one, and uh, but uh, I I don't I don't know how organic it is to be honest. I mean I think it's it's really when you look at it it's pretty ludicrous uh, because uh, you know I mean he was publicly unmasked the Green Goblin and uh, I, so I don't really see how he's able to uh, I really don't see how he's able to put one over on the American public. But I like it. I mean I, I like it. So and I know <laughs> you're not picking up. You're not picking up Secret Invasion, but did you pick up that last issue when it? He, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah he, I, I picked up the last issue where he got the kill shot on the Scrawl Queen, yeah. and uh, you know where it ended. I also picked up the. I also picked up the first the the Dark Rain special. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I I I, I like it. I mean, I, I have to admit, I like it. I don't find it very plausible though. It's 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 kind of ridiculous. But, but but then again, I mean, we are talking comic books, and uh, we have to. Uh, pretty well put our suspension of disbelief aside anyway in order to enjoy any of these stories. So, uh, so uh, yeah, rock up, Norman. Uh, we're plowing through them. Uh, Anti-Venom from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, the best part of his question is, Spider-Girl, will you be my MySpace friend? <laughs> Sadly, I don't have a MySpace. Facebook I do have, but no MySpace. There you go. Uh, let's see. Carnage Rules 9 from Nevada, or Nevada. Indiana. Nevada? Well, we have a <laughs> in my viewing area. We have we have a Nevada, Missouri. Oh, we, fair enough. We also have a Miami, Oklahoma, spelled Miami. So it's kind of weird. Uh, this one's aimed at Jr. Since he's one of the uh, he is one with children on the podcast. At what age did you start exposing your children to Spider-Man or even comics in general? I remember from a podcast, uh, previous podcast, you mentioned that your son would uh, greet you at the door with your DVD with your DVD copy of Spider-Man. I thought that was great, and I hope my son one day gets into Spider-Man. Really, how can he not with the name Peter Benjamin? Oh, that's nice. And so, yeah, that's when, yeah so when did when did you uh, first show your son Spider-Man? Oh God, I you know I remember I remember I, I see I remember him doing that. Those were kind of my, some of my favorite memories. Uh, but I don't know exactly how I turned him on to it. I think basically 
he just uh I know I bought him a Spider Man comic once. Uh right. you know, those Spidey uh they were like they were like little Marvels. Uh, I, I can't quite describe it, but they it was almost like Marvel peanuts. And they had a they had a one many, shot and I bought and I many Marvels. That. Yeah, many Marvels. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bought him that basically for him to look at the pictures and was telling him who all the characters were. Uh, I really don't know how he got so attached to the the first Spider-Man movie. I really don't. Uh, maybe he felt it. Maybe it was just because it was something we were doing together. You know, we actually watched it together one time, I guess, and maybe he just wanted to do it again. But uh, you know, but yeah, he he could say green a version of Green Goblin before he said Dad. I mean, <laughs> and that's. That's that's the truth, uh, and that was not deliberate on my part. It was just, uh, you know, I would. Uh, he he just really enjoyed that uh, that comic I bought, uh, nice. and so you know, and uh, and uh, you know, so I told him who all the characters were, and you know, he was able to. I guess he was able to understand the the goblins better than he was able to understand the the X Men or the Wolverine or or any of those. But uh, I'd have to say he was around two or three when he first started getting involved. And, uh, he's, uh, he's starting to, he's starting to spread his wings a little bit. He's into star Wars and Indiana Jones. And, uh, but, uh, my wife got on me once she got mad at me because one time he only wanted to watch Spider-Man stuff. And she got mad and she told me, you have got to convince him there are other cool things besides Spider-Man. <laughs> and, uh, now, of course, I was in a very good mood, so I so I didn't tell her, dear. There are no more interesting things yeah, no than Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, check, but, please. Uh, We're done. <laughs> There's nothing <yeah>. else. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's that's kind of in a convoluted way. I'm, I'm not sure how I got him involved, but he was around two or three. Yeah, and he uh, also gives you a compliment. He just wanted to say uh, he really enjoys your articles and Merry Christmas to the rest of the podcast. And can you give him a little update? I know last time we talked, uh, SpideyKicksButt.com was on hiatus. Any opening? Yeah, it's it still is. I mean, I'm having um, <laughs> I've got a full personal life right now, and I've got a uh, really un, a really fluid job situation right now, and uh, that's really that has got me that has got me so preoccupied that uh, I really don't have. In fact, I, I, I had almost uh, emailed you again, bowing out of the podcast, but I decided, no, I'm not going to do that to Brad two months in a row. I'll go ahead and, uh, I'll go ahead and participate. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just really yeah. preoccupied. And Spidey Kicks Butt is, is just really kind of, you know, probably you're not going to see anything for at least another three to six months. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but uh, it's uh, real life just has to take pri- real life. Well, real life is happening, so. Yeah. That's about all I can say. Leopard Lad from the uh, London, UK, uh, following up on Brad's reluctance to F-grade certain Spider-Man comics last month. Are there any comics you wanted to hate, but for some reason you couldn't? Hmm. I don't know. I really, if I hate it, I hate it. Yeah. It's, it's not like watching a bad movie to enjoy how bad it is. I think with comics, you just, I don't know. Anybody? Anything? I've had some that I thought I was going to hate that I was surprised by, but it's not that I wanted to hate them. I, I mentioned on this uh, podcast before that um, Mark Guggenheim's Squadron Supreme Hyperion vs. Nighthawk miniseries, I bought it because it was Squadron Supreme, but I thought it was going to be just a crappy superhero smackdown, and it turned out to be an insanely good, thoughtful comic. So I've been surprised, but I don't. I remember any I've actively just, you know, really wanted to hate and been pissed off that I didn't. Yeah. He also talks about uh, the Spider-Man Noir miniseries uh, out of main continuity. I'm not picking it up. Is anybody else picking that thing up? I'm no. going to – if the if the reviews are good enough, I'll pick up the trade. 
Yeah. We've got a review I, up on the main page, but uh, go ahead, Jared. I was about to say, I've got the first issue on order from Mail Order Comics. Uh, I'll see how... Uh, I, 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 I'll see how it turns out. I've been pretty well turned off on the miniseries ever since that Spider-Man power and responsibility. Oh, yeah. That really soured me on the Spider-Man miniseries. <laughs> uh, still a nerd, aiming for Spider-Girl. Since I believe in uh, Ladies First, he's going to hit you up with a question. As you well know, there is going to be an upcoming issue which boasts Peter Parker goes on a date as a way of emphasizing that he's no longer married to Mary Jane and is a free man, so to speak, considering how we may get more stories in the future such as this, do you believe Peter as a serial dater, as opposed to being in a more stable relationship, is more appealing or more of an a turnoff for potential female readers? That's a good uh, question. Yes, it is. Uh, I am a little concerned with the phrase serial dater. Mm-hmm. I think there's a certain level to which uh, I will allow Peter to date and still be okay with it. If he's going on with, like, random people hitting up the entire cast, then no, not so much. I think as a girl, we're probably going to go more for the romantic side. Um, if he sticks with one person and to see that relationship evolve, I think that would be better than just a start and stop. Oh, I'm going out with Carly. Oh, I'm going out with that one girl that's dating uh, Harry, who I cannot remember now. So, yeah, I would go for the um, the stable relationship. Yeah. Uh, next one's aimed for JR. You mentioned in an article on your Spidey Kicks Butt website that you wish Norman would take a more proactive role in the greater Marvel Universe. Now, considering the aftermath of Secret Invasion, with Norman taking over as Tony Stark's job, uh, now renamed Hammer, don't hurt him, and as the main figurehead in the Marvel's Dark Reign, do you think the pendulum has swung too far in that direction and we've gotten Osborne overkill? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet, but that's very much a danger. Yeah. So uh, I just, uh, I'll just i be curious as to how they play it here in the next 12 months. But uh, there is always that possibility. For Kevin, as a fellow aspiring writer and Spider fan, I'm curious when writing your Spider-Man comic, uh, whether you prefer to let the characters dictate the story or the story dictate the characters. Oh God, that's a great question, um, and that's one of the main main points of writing for me is that I am a very character oriented person, whether I'm reading or writing. Um, I like to let the I like to let the characters dictate it. You know, the characters are what it's all about, and if you just shove them into a story, then why why should people care? You know, we're getting right now in Amazing Spider Man all these kind of throwaway stories that you know anybody could be in, and and I don't care. Um, but, you know, you just think about the characters, what they should do, where they're going, and what should impact them, and a story tells itself. I and mean, having Norman leave Oscorp to Peter wasn't part of my original plan for this series. I just started thinking about what the ramifications of Norman's death might be, and I thought about that great old uh, Revenge of the Green Goblin storyline, and it seemed natural to me, and that extended into a story. And that's that's what I like to do. You know, this this third issue... Uh, I was thinking about how Carly feels in this uh, double date they're having, and that ended up in this little scene with Carly and Mary Jane talking, and that was my favorite scene to write in the whole thing. So I, I very, very much prefer to let the characters dictate the story, and I think that's the kind of fiction I enjoy. That's the kind of fiction I'll always gravitate towards. That is an excellent, excellent question. Thumbs up. Best questions this month, I think. Uh, John, uh, my favorite question of his thread is, Spider-Girl just entered the competition for board member of the month. I was wondering, how do you manage to maintain your fantastic looks? 
Well, I bathe every day. That's key right there. Um, I make it to the gym, you know, every other day, you know, 6 a.m., wake up, go to the gym. And I try to eat healthy. There you go. And use yeah. shampoo and conditioner when bathing. Wow. She exercises. And lots of Spider-Mans. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alex LG, or Alexeg. How do you, I'm not sure. Uh, Philippines. Hi everyone, happy holidays. Three answers anyone can answer, three questions anyone can answer. What is your personal evaluation for the Spider-Man crawl space? And the podcast is here. It's been my favorite Spider-Man website, especially with the new updates almost every day. Also, your expectations for 2009. Uh, I like the site a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm biased. No, I, I, I think, uh, this year, uh, the, Crawl Space has really grown. I, I installed that uh, the WordPress. It's made it a lot easier for everyone to contribute to the site. I mean, everyone can add the reviews. They aren't waiting on my slow ass to put it up there. Uh, and a lot more interactivity. We've got comments left and right. I think uh, we've had more growth on the site than we have since we la- launched the podcast. And that was uh, two years ago. Two or three years ago, I forget. Podcast has been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of names on the show this year. We've Dan Slot. Uh, was Dan Slot this year or last year? I think, I, mean, he was, I think he was last year. I think he was last year. We've had Wacker. We've had Wacker, <laughs> Tom DeFalco. We've had Jam, uh, J, uh, J.M. DeMathis. Uh, it's just been Roger an honor. Stern. Roger Stern we've had. It's just been an honor to have meet all these people that I grew up Reading and, and loving their work. Uh, David Michelini, one of my all-time favorites from the 90s, uh, we interviewed. Um, and the biggest kick, I think, this year was where I got to meet Spider-Man. I interviewed Josh Keaton, who does the voice of uh, Spider-Man on the Spectacular Spider-Man uh, animated series. And I, that was just a big, big kick for me. I, I, hopefully in 2009, we'll have him back. And... I think it'd be fun to have the voice actor who does J. Jonah Jameson on the line. That'd be awesome to have those two. Maybe Mary Jane, too. I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe hoping for too much. But just in 2009, uh, I hope to continue it. I hope we continue with the daily updates. I've, I've made it a point of trying to uh, get something new on the front page every single day. And the reviewers make that happen. And uh, the spider captions thing on the front page, I hope to continue, too, because I dig that. A lot. So uh, I'll give you a little tease for next month, uh, since you asked about what's coming in 2009. January, the first show, uh, we're going to interview Sal Buscema. We've lined it up honoring his 40th anniversary at Marvel Comics. We're going to have a lot of his friends on uh, to say a few words. We're going to also have live callers. You can ask your question to Sal. On the line with Sal will be uh, his contributors on Amazing Spider-Girl. Uh, Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends will also be on the line with Sal. And also, this is who we've got lined up to call in. Uh, we've got J.M. DeMathis, or DeMathis, I'm DeMath- sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> DeMathis. <laughs> He's DeMathis. A great... DeMathis, is that right? Uh, that's J- my understanding. I thought it was DeMathis. Oh, whatever. <laughs> JMD will be calling in, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, we also have uh, Roy Thomas. JR, you remember Roy Thomas? from? He took over from uh, Stan in the 70s. Uh, he's going to be calling in. Also, the editor of Spider-Man in the 90s, uh, Danny Fingeroff, I think is how you say his name. He's going to be calling in. 
And also, we're trying. I, I can't guarantee it's going to happen, but Stanley is possibly going to call in on that uh, live caller show and say a few words to his friend Sal Buscema. So that's that's a tease for January 2009. So thank you, Alex, for that question. And we're almost done, gang. I'm not going to – I hope keep you up too much longer. Uh, well, it's only 4 in the afternoon. I'm not keeping you up. I'm keeping you on. <laughs> Bucky Cap from Connecticut with the great avatar of Captain America giving us the finger, which is the thumb. Uh, Merry Christmas, one and all. Very quickly, I love this show. I'm a bit behind still catching up on the podcast, so I might not hear this show right away, and I apologize if these have been uh, asked before. I'm a Moon Knight fan. I was just wondering what you think about Spidey teaming up with him. He did back in Spectacular Spider-Man number 22 and 23. JR, you remember those issues? No, I didn't read them. I, I, oh, wait I've, a minute. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I read them, but it's been so long. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I don't remember them, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he also asks about the death of Mark Spector in the current Moon Knight book with Norman, Venom, and Bullseye. That last month, uh, Moon Knight was my recommendation. That, that book is very, very good. The artwork is great. The writing is great. And it's the best arc, I think, since Moon Knight launched that, that series. It, I think it had dry spell in the beginning, but, uh, Jerry, you might pick it up for Norman. Uh, he's, he's, oh, in it? he's, he's in it. He's very sinister. It's a very good read, I think. <laughs> And uh, Bucky Cap uh, also says, I want to say hello to Spider-Girl. I haven't been introduced to you on the podcast yet, but I have heard you on the Avengers Assemble podcast, which he's a big fan of, and we are too. It's our buddy Will who's producing that show. So he hasn't gotten to the Spider-Girl episodes of the podcast. So what month did you start, Spider-Girl? Um, I did the very first one. It was Secret Invasion 1 through 4 and all the tie-ins. So I think when Secret Invasion wraps up again, I'm going to have to contact Will because we were going to do finish it off with 5 through 8. So yeah. should be, should be I good. Meant, when did you join this show? You, was it six oh, months I'm ago? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, my first one I was guest starring, and that was yeah. August, was it not? Yeah, because I just came so. back from band camp, and then yeah. I was invited on. So Okay. And a great addition, by the way, too. Uh, Indeed, indeed. Jack Bauer. Man, Jack Bauer, if you're listening, where did you get that Spider-Man avatar? Because I love it, and I have no idea where it's from. And I would love to use the image and make a banner while I still have time for Christmas. Because I dig that image. I have no idea where it's from. It's just very cute. Uh, He says, Merry Christmas. How do you feel about Spectacular Spider-Man, the animated series, moving to Toon Disney? I'm pissed because I don't have that channel. Oh, shit. Anybody else pissed? Yeah, yeah I think they're going to lose people. I think uh, the CW, Kid CW, is more accessible to people. That was easier to get on cable, and now you kind of need direct TV or something to get to Disney. So yeah. I think they might have to regret this, unfortunately. I, I've got the channel. Um, I I like it because, uh, well, I don't. I'm really indifferent. It'll just be. A, I'll just set my timer differently because there's no way in hell I'm getting up that early on a Saturday morning. But. Uh, if it's a better deal for uh, the the production of the show, feel free. I think Disney is more of a stable operation than the kid CW to begin with. So, yeah, what you going to do? Miles Warren, Spider-Girl, which of our podcast members will you be kissing under the mistletoe this year? <laughs> Wait. Um, well, let's see here. Let's eliminate. Well, Brad and Jay are they're married, and yeah. I'm not one of those girls, so unfortunately, no. Okay. Spidey dude is now a girl, and I'm not into that. Like Car- Katy Perry is, so we'll we'll move on. And yeah, 
I mean, Kevin, he used to be a vampire, and I'd rather not be drained of my blood, so I think I might just have to wait for a kiss kiss from somebody outside of the podcast. All right. Steve Rogers, you're listening? Never mind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Miles Warren also asks, Brad, I've seen in the Crawl Space 101 on the main page that the site has undergone many facelifts since its inception. Are you considering revamping the website looks a bit more? Are you going to stick with the look we have now? Uh, I think we're going to stick with what we got now. I just launched this new look this year and with the WordPress theme. So I'm going to keep it like it is because I find it successful. I'm having a lot of people contribute to the main page, etc. Plus, I like design. I think it's a lot more user-friendly. And I owe Kevin a question next month, then we'll be square. Merry Christmas, <laughs> guys. Uh, let's see. How many more we got? Good grief. I got a plow to get this in an hour. Matisse Lionheart, his location is through the doors to the darkness. <laughs> wow. You're deep, brother. Uh, hey, guys, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. My one question is, if Marvel came to you and asked you to create a new Spider-Man supervillain for his rogues at gallery, who would you create? I would create the Cookie Bookie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> JR, who are you creating? Because, you know, know, Tony Stark created in his basement with a bunch of scraps. (laughs) With a bunch of scraps. Well, I'd create create probably, uh, I don't know, I'd like to see see a a female villain uh, because Spider-Man has so few of those. But uh, I can't can't think of what powers to give her, to be honest, that aren't aren't, uh, dreadfully sexist or something. So uh, I have to pass. Okay. Morb, anything? In all seriousness, it would be the Black Spider. Keep reading and you'll know why. There you go. Look at that. Nice. Spider-Man 252 from St. Louis, Missouri. My brother from the Show Me State. Congratulations. I like the 252 handle. That's cute. Uh, the reviews of Brand New Day by the website and the podcast have been mostly negative. Sadly, I agree with most of them, although I did like Jackpot. Wishing it was Mary Jane, but knew it wouldn't be. Do you think this impact, this will impact your ability to get name guests or current writers on for future podcasts? Um, I don't know. All I, I can think, do. All I, I mean, I feel like writers appreciate your opinions, whether they are negative, um, constructively or positive. So I don't think that's going to hamper. I mean, if you started bashing them um, with no respect, I feel like that would work. But I, I feel like people honestly respect this site, so I don't think you'll have any trouble. No, I mean we're we're getting a lot of names next month. So I mean, I haven't been banished for voicing our opinion. So. I think also a, a thing that's in our favor on this podcast is we're all over the board. I mean, I gener- generally tend to be more positive than Kevin. Uh, where Kevin and I are <laughs> Kevin and I are generally on opposite ends of the spectrum, and the rest of the gang is in the middle. I think <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's usually pissed. I'm usually eh, and Jr. is just talking about Norman. So I mean, what what can't you enjoy about this podcast? <laughs> Did I just, just sum it up in the Reader Digest version? I don't know. Uh, Hertz, Hertz Renicar. Um, let's see. I've seen in interviews of late with the Brain Trust, most recently mentioning by Mark Wade on CBR. Uh, let's see. The notion, idea, viewpoint of Peter Parker being a loser. This got me wondering since I'm relatively new to the comic incarnation of Spider-Man. Is there something I'm missing? Am I supposed to think that he's a loser? Now my question is to all of you. Do you view the character as a loser? I don't think he's a loser. I think he's an everyday guy with bad luck, that everyone has bad luck sometimes. I think to view him as a loser is an incorrect portrayal. What do you guys think? I agree. I think they're playing up this loser thing way too much, and uh, yeah. 
It gets old and it makes you stop identifying and rooting for him, especially if you know, oh, well, he's just a... They all think he's a loser, so what's the point really rooting for him? What was the line you had a while back on a, a past podcast about something a loser? Oh, actually, I do. Th- I think did I call him what a creepy, stupid loser? Yeah, stupid, stupid, stupid creepy loser. Yeah, yeah. That, Jr. loved that line. I remember. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was that was back in February reviewing uh, Dan Slott's first arc, and I don't think they had all said the loser thing yet. So maybe they listened to the Spider-Man crawl space and taken more notes than I'd like. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Jack O'Lantern from Derry, Ireland, uh, aiming this one at Kevin. When you decide to write the webcomic, did it ever concern you that you could potentially be wasting great ideas on the net rather than waiting to see if you ever make it in the comics industry? Well, I uh, appreciate the question and the sort of suggestion that they might be great stories, so that's cool. <laughs> um, but the, the answer is um, part of the reason I've ended up deciding to do this was because I realized I had to lose some of my arrogance and that I had never done anything like this before because I was always thinking, well, I want to write for Amazing Spider-Man someday, so I've got to keep all my ideas. I don't want to blow them. And I realized it was an incredibly arrogant point of view to think that I will ever be writing for Amazing Spider-Man. I could get into the industry and never get to that level. So I want to, I want to tell these stories. I want to tell them to the fans. So that's what I'm doing. And what I keep finding as I'm doing this, is I keep coming up with new stories all the time. I've got so much material for this now, I'll never get it all written, and I keep getting excited about new stories for the future and wanting to go ahead and plunk them in. So I'm quite confident if I ever did get to that level, I would still be able to create new stories, especially since Marvel wouldn't let me tell most of the stories I'm telling anyway for various reasons. Jay from Vancouver asks if any of us have any siblings that were into Spider-Man when we were growing up. I'm an only child, so my answer is no. Anyone else? Uh, I have a, I have one sibling, a brother that's four years older than me. He was never really into the comic stuff. He kind of got into some Batman when we were little, but that was that was it. I was always the Spider-Man guy. Jr. Any of your siblings into Spider-Man? Yeah, I had a, bro- I had a, I've got a brother, but he was always into the Hulk. He wasn't into hmm. Spider-Man. He was a, a big, incredible Hulk fan. Oh, okay. And Spider-Girl siblings? Yeah. Um, my older brother actually is the one who really got me into comics in the first place. Um, I know he had, you know, X-Men cards that I used to get read to at night when I was younger. Um, and I mean, he really liked like the Toxic Avenger and, and offbeat characters like that. So, Hmm. yep. Deadco Loves Green, uh, our reviewer on the main page, so I appreciate that, from London, England, says, with the uh, new price jump to three ninety nine, a comic, will may, will that make you guys reconsider buying some comics? I think it does. I mean, I'm not buying those dumb miniseries like JR said. I'm not buying as many. Yep. Yeah, about- I already made the switch to <laughs> trades, and I find as I'm looking at the when the trades come out, I'm <laughs> starting to think, I don't necessarily need that story as much as I thought. Right. JR, you cut, I mean, you're just getting amazing in Thunderbolts. Are you, what if they yeah, go for $3.99 a book? I don't know. I have to I tell you, I don't know. I seriously considered, uh, I, I guess I should probably only buy mail order uh, because I don't think I want to pay $4 a comic book. I really yeah. don't. Uh, that's, that's almost a breaking point for me yeah. uh, as far as whether they continue to to get them or not, uh, because, you know, I, well, I, you know, and they're not good stories. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, the reviews, you know, we've, uh, I listened to the show you guys did last month too. I mean, it's been, uh, other, other than new ways to die. Um, and even then that wasn't universally loved. It's been a pretty mediocre year. I mean, yeah. why buy the comic 
even at two ninety nine, let alone three ninety nine. Yeah. So definitely, is definitely when when they go up to three nine. In fact, not going to buy New Avengers probably for that one of those reasons. So definitely, the twenty nine has got me thinking about whether or not I want to even keep buying. Right. Uh, what do you think of the end of Secret Invasion? What do you think of the hero's willingness to kill the scrolls? I haven't read the rest of Secret Invasion. I, I just know that Norman's in charge of Shield. I mean, you can't hide yeah, that. Same here. You can't can't not see that spoiler on the web. Uh, but you know, I didn't even consider the hero's willingness to kill the scrolls because generally they're they aren't killers, and those are human beings, or they're not. They're scroll. No, no. They're scroll beings. Scroll beings. I apologize. Screw them. <laughs> Screw okay. the greenies. Screw. Yeah. Wow, little scroll racism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, well, so, well, actually, Spider-Girl and Jr., what do you think of them willing to kill the scrolls so easily? Then we'll wrap it up. I don't have I, an opinion. I didn't read the rest of it. So. Yeah. Um, number one, I did not know that Norman Osborn was taking over S.H.I.E.L.D., so thank you for spoiling that. Number two, thank you for spoiling this willingness to kill scrolls. I don't know. I've been really out of it. Um, haven't they been killing them all along anyways? I seem to remember scrolls dying left and right in New Avengers yeah, that, and Mighty Avengers. That wasn't a spoiler. I don't think he was talking necessarily about the end of it, just the series itself. Yeah, oh, okay. Every issue they're killing scrolls, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think they're disposable characters, so it's not the real world. <laughs> On that insightful piece of crap. Uh, <laughs> wow. Gang, it's been fun. Uh, I wish you all a Merry Christmas, and everybody have a safe one. I hope you get uh, all your spider presents that you want. And you guys have been a blast all year, and I appreciate you dedicating the time to this show, and it's it's always fun to talk spider with you guys. It's been great, Brad. It's been great. And we'll wrap it up there, gang. The last show of 2008. I counted them up, and we did 32 this year. Not too bad for what I originally envisioned to be only one show a month. Again, I personally want to thank my regular crew for taking time to talk Spider with me each and every month. They're a great bunch and really dedicated to the crawl space. Also want to thank all of our message board folks. Each month you give us great feedback and questions for future shows. I look forward to 2009. We're starting it off with a bang in January. Now, I mentioned this in the last show, but I'll briefly do it again here. We're honoring Sal Buscema on his 40th anniversary at Marvel Comics. Now, joining Sal next month on the show will be several of his friends. So far, we have Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, J.M.D. Mateus, Roy Thomas, Danny Fingeroth, and last but not least, Stan Lee. We'll also take live callers. Now, to call in, you need to download the program Skype at skype.com. Just add my handle, webheadspidey, and I'll connect you on the show. Now, before we go... I also want to give a thanks to MailOrderComics.com for supporting the show. They're still accepting December orders, and they have amazing discounts. An example is Amazing Spider-Girl, number 29. The cover price is $2.99, and MailOrder has it for 50% off and a buck forty-nine. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Gang, have a safe and happy holidays, and I'll talk to you in 2009. I'm Brad Douglas, your host and webmaster of the SpiderManCrawlspace.com.